We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the Tuesday Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. I'm Adam Wolf, joined today by Chris Olson. You can find Chris on Twitter at RealChrisOlson. You can find me on Twitter at WolfmanTweets. You can also find more stuff from Chris on rotowire.com. He writes the weekly Dominate Your Duel article. Gives you a, a, a hint of all the matchups with the umpires that are going to be uh, behind the plate for, for the various matchups on Tuesday through Thursday. Allows you, uh, or enables you just to, to have a good sense of what pitchers you want to use as a result of those umpire matchups. Rotowire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you can get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Chris, just taking a look at the Tuesday baseball slate, doesn't seem like there's a lot of high-end pitching options available, but the one guy that I think that a lot of people are going to structure their lineups around and uh, very well should is Jake Arrieta of the Cubs. Gets a matchup at Wrigley Field against the Brewers, and uh, just talking about Jake Arrieta, what he's been able to do here in the second half is just absolutely astounding. 17 starts, uh, 125 innings, uh, Going back to his last 17 starts, 13 and 1, 1.01 ERA, 0.77 WHIP, 120 to 26 K to BB ratio. So he's been just absolutely lights out against any opponent, and I think that's going to remain the case against a team like the Brewers, who uh, really haven't been contending since about April here, and they're going to be opposing him with Kyle Loesch. Uh, making a spot start for the Brewers, and he's been one of the worst starters in the league all season. was recently demoted to the bullpen, but it sounds like they're just going to get him back uh, in the rotation on Tuesday to eat some innings. But more than anything, it's probably going to be a bullpen game. You're going to see some of those low-end arms in that Brewers bullpen uh, take the ball, and I think that just allows the Cubs offense an opportunity to give Arietta some run support. But the thing is, Arietta doesn't even need the support. He's just been absolutely fantastic, and I can't see any scenario where he fails to deliver at least, you know, seven innings and two runs or fewer allowed. Well, yeah, I think you called it right. That when you look at this slate for Tuesday, your eyes can't help but be drawn to Arietta. One, because of the matchup, right? And two, because he's Jake Arietta, as you mentioned. I mean, the Brewers, I mean, as you, as you alluded, they've been bad pretty much all year. Um, not only have they been bad, but now they're going to be out of that hitter's haven uh, that is their home ballpark. They're, they're bad against righties anyway, and we have, as you said, we have great conditions. We have a high potential for a win, and we have a guy who 
can almost shut them down single-handedly anyway. So if you're looking for a safe option that can get you a lot of points and then maybe find some hitters, uh, Arietta is definitely the way to go. And with all those factors going in his favor, Arietta is definitely going to be the most expensive option. We, we don't have the Fandle prices just yet since we're recording this on Monday afternoon for, for the Tuesday matchups, but have to think that Arietta is going to be up there in price. Uh, so you will have to kind of bite the bullet if you do decide to go with him. But I think uh, if you're trying to take a half measure there, not necessarily go the full way with, with uh, your starting pitcher option, I think a guy that represents similar safety, but probably for a couple thousand dollars less, is going to be John Lackey. Uh, he's going to go against the Reds at Bush Stadium, and the Reds, like the Brewers, have been out of contention for quite some time, and their offense has kind of uh, sputtered here in the second half as well. Lackey doesn't necessarily have the upside of Arietta, doesn't quite get as many strikeouts, but to me, he has just as high of a probability of getting the win against a team like the Reds. He's been remarkably consistent since mid-June. Quality starts in 17 of his last 18, uh, 223 ERA during that stretch. Uh, suggests he's not delivering those quality starts where he's just barely meeting the criteria by just giving up uh, three runs over six innings. He's had a lot of the seven and eight inning variety mixed in there. And like I said, he doesn't strike out a lot of guys, so you're never going to probably have the huge point totals that somebody like Arietta is capable of. But I think for 50-50s in cash games where you just want to make sure that you have a solid floor with your pitcher and have a good potential that he's going to escape with the win, I think in that type of scenario in those cash games is where you're going to want to take advantage of somebody like Lackey just because of the price difference that he'll carry uh, with regards to Arietta. Yeah, you said it. Um, another bad team we can pick on and another good, reliable pitcher. Uh, I think it's worth noting that, that you're correct that he doesn't generally strike batters out, but, but fun, funnily enough, um, his last start against Cincy that was actually at Cincy, he actually did strike out 10 over 7 innings, so maybe... You know, with with as you said, the the depleted, uh, maybe not depleted in a sense, but the maybe given up Cincinnati offense can generate uh, a little bit more point total than we would have thought. And a, a safe play, as you mentioned, um, even if he doesn't get you the strikeouts, I I would think twelve to fifteen points is well within the range here for Lackey. Yeah, safety is really the key with lacking to to an even greater extent with Arietta. So I have to think that those two are going to be, uh, if not one, two most expensive pitchers, certainly in the top five for both. Uh, Arietta definitely lackey. I think it's, you can make a strong case that that's also going to happen. But if you are looking to stay away from some of those guys and just uh, help yourself out a little bit more in some of those multi-entry pools where you can go with different pitchers, you like a guy that's uh, kind of a low-end arm that probably not a lot of people will be thinking about. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take a look at Tom Kohler against the Phillies uh, for a, a cheaper play here. Phillies um, have a lot of things going for them as far as we're concerned, if we're taking a picture against them, of course. Uh, they're the fourth worst team on the road, and they're going to be in a, in, a, in a big road park in Marlins Park. Uh, they're tied for the, le- the league worst against right-handed pitching, which is uh, 82 weighted runs created plus. The thing about Kohler is he's got a pretty uh, decisive slit. He's been split rather. He's been really good at home this season. Uh, ERA under three in seventy-eight point two innings, and he's been he's been on a nice run lately with just five runs allowed in his last twenty frames. So we have a guy here who, you know, at first glance, you look at the season stats, you might think, well, maybe I can stay away. But this is really a matchup play, and if if you are a fan of matchup plays to save some money. 
and get some scarcity as I am, he could be a real nice guy to, to take a look at. And last 30 days, Phillies have a higher strikeout rate than anybody save for the Chicago Cubs. And of course, they're not really providing the impact in terms of getting walks and getting uh, home runs that the Cubs do. So the Phillies offense is just uh, in a general tailspin right now. And I think you can target them at just about every turn this season. Somebody like Kohler, especially with that home road split that you mentioned, that's really a good thing to look at when you can take advantage of guys like that. Just when they're playing in the hitter, the pitcher-friendly parks like uh, the Marlins will be able to provide. That's somewhere. That's that's always an, ind uh, an, an indication that a guy is going to be a good value, and that's definitely the case here with Kohler, in my estimation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, Tom Kohler is a guy. He's got good stuff. He, he's got he's got a big fastball. He throws some ground balls. He does he does more things well than you might think of for a guy who is generally overall a mediocre pitcher. So in the right matchup, you know, you know, we we've seen it where. You know, last week or two weeks ago, I believe, he struck out a career-high uh, 12 batters. So he's a guy who, under the right circumstances, could definitely pull in a nice performance. Yeah, so Kohler is probably going to be at the way bottom of the barrel in terms of pricing. And I think two of the more middle-of-the-road options that I'm kind of intrigued by, I'm, I don't know if I'd necessarily bite the bullet and go with either of these guys just because they're matching up against each other. And I think it's going to be a low-scoring game that could uh, potentially put that win uh, to be decided by the bullpen, which you never want to to use on a place like Fandle where uh, the win does carry such a heavy premium. But guys like Danny Salazar and Irvin Santana do interest me in multi-entry formats where you know, you're throwing in multiple lineups and you, you just want to have as many options available as possible. I think it makes sense to take a gamble on either of those two guys. Let's start with Salazar first. Um, Twins offense has been better at target field this season, but Salazar has produced some of his best results versus strikeout-prone lineups like the Twins certainly have those uh, in the fold for, for Minnesota right now with uh, Miguel Sano, everything that he's done, he does strike out a lot. Uh, he's not the only one in that lineup as well. So that does uh, worry a little bit with the Twins offense in terms of what they're able to produce on a given night. And that works to Salazar's advantage. Against the Twins this season, he's already had 21 strikeouts in 13 innings, only three runs allowed during that span, and that's just over two starts. So I think we are going to see more of those results continue. Uh, did have a little bit of a, a rough start to September, but got back on track his last time out. So I do like him to continue that momentum against the Twins. But like I said, on the flip side, Irvin Santana, thinks I think he's going to be another good option as well. Uh, he was really terrible upon returning from that 80-game suspension that he served earlier this season, but uh, does seem to have things trending in the right direction here in September. He's gone seven-plus innings in four straight starts. And during that span, he's got a 155 ERA, 32 strikeouts in 29 innings. Did give up a season-high eight runs to the Indians earlier this season, but I think based on the results that we've seen from him lately, it's enough where you're going to be comfortable taking the gamble on him if you can afford to do so with those multiple entries. But like I said, you just have to worry about uh, where the win's going to go on this side. But I, I think both of these pitchers, at the very least, are capable of producing uh, low-scoring outings while going six or seven innings apiece. Yeah, you know, those are definitely intriguing options on both sides. Uh, Salazar is a guy I'm a big fan of. Actually recommended him for last week in uh, the Dominate Your Duel uh, column against the Royals. He put up a nice performance. I was a little af afraid of the, the strikeout total with that Kansas City offense, but he actually managed to pick up six of them and uh, turn in a nice performance. So Salazar is uh, definitely the guys, one of the guys who can has the tools to get you uh, – a, a big night, a big uh, point total there. And as far as Irvin Santana goes, 
like you said, he's been very good lately, and he's been very good uh, with uh, the length lately, seven to eight innings uh, in his most recent start, and that's important too. I mean, for all our talk about the strikeouts, uh, an inning is a point as well, and that's big. And anytime a guy can give you length as well as throw up a couple of strikeouts and potentially get you a win, that can be, I think, sometimes maybe an overlooked uh, portion of where our point total comes from. Yeah, and like I said, the the win is kind of important on Fandle, but it's not the end-all, be-all. You can still uh, definitely win some of those cash game lineups or 50-50s despite not getting the win. So don't let that be the entire argument for whether or not you choose a pitcher. But at the same time, those guys are, are players that I'm looking at more so in multiple entry formats where I, I roll multiple pitchers out there rather than uh, you know just expecting them to be better than somebody like Jake Arrieta or John Lackey. Uh, kind of fitting in a similar vein to that. I think Lance McCullers is capable of delivering a good outing against the Angels. Strike out, he's striking out a batter per inning this season, and really the Angels have just been in an utter tailspin here in the second half. 28th in Wobo over the past 30 days. It's really seen them fall out of the, the AL playoff race as a result, so I think there is potential there for McCullers to deliver some value uh, as one of your multi-entry plays. But on the other side of the coin, it seems like you like Hector Santiago for the Angels, maybe even more so than McCullers. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm actually a fan of Santiago because because we have um, our extreme profile working for us. We have Santiago, who's a big fly ball pitcher, uh, over fifty percent, and then we have the Astros, who have the lowest ground ball percentage in the league. And, and as we've mentioned and as we've discussed, uh, are opposites attract when we're talking about batting profiles. So if you have a fly ball pitcher, you want ground ball hitters, and vice versa. Uh, we haven't seen Santiago face the Astros in the hitter's park uh, at home yet. He's faced them three times this season at uh, Angel Stadium. He's done well there, allowed, allowing just three earned runs in 19.1 innings. And that's a good sign for me because that's what we would expect to see against this sort of batter ball profile. But again, we do have some uncertainty here because he's always been in a run-depressed environment while facing them. So if you're going to select him, just keep that in the back of your mind that we don't have as much data as we may like, but we do have some things going for us that can make that a nice matchup. Yeah, you certainly would like to see some results for Santiago at Minute Maid Park before you necessarily sign off on on using him as one of your uh, daily pitching options. But like you said, the the profile does uh, seem to hit all the criteria that you're looking for with the, the home run rates or the fly ball versus the ground ball percentage that the Astros tend to hit in, along with the high strikeout rate of the Astros, generally speaking, that will also work in Santiago's favor. So maybe even with the park downgrade at Minute Maid, there's still enough factors going in Santiago's favor that he's going to be more bad, or more good than bad, rather. Yeah, I, I would the ground ball, fly ball stuff is something I, I really believe in and support. And so when I, just, just based on my own results and what I've seen of it, and so... When I, if I was looking for a pitcher, a cheap pitcher, and, and I will be because I generally try to structure my lineup, um, unless there's a, a lot of aces going or something, I generally try to structure my lineup um, hitter heavy and, and, and pitching with a bargain. So Santiago would definitely be somebody that I would look to target in my lineup. 
Well, you've all seen the ads this season, your friends are playing, and now it's your turn to get signed up at FanDuel.com. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. The money is real. They are paying out over $75 million a week this football season. Building a team's always easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. And entry fees start at just $1, so uh, pretty much no barrier there. Anybody can play. Uh, you know fantasy football, it's proven on FanDuel, uh, just to take your experience to, to the whole new level. And Chris, right now we're in week two of the FanDuel Rotowire Challenge. I know that both me and you have had uh, mixed success so far, but uh, the fact that we're both knocking on the door this week, I think we both find ourselves uh, sitting in the 10 to 15 range in the standings right now. Uh, top 10 in this league, I believe, cash every week. But it, just the fact that I keep you know knocking on the door and falling short just kind of makes me want to keep at it just because I know that the process is making sense so far and I think eventually all these factors are going to be in play where I'm going to have that one week explosion where I think that on FanDuel uh, I can definitely take home some cash. Yeah and, and that's what we hope for right uh, you, you always think of well, the past two weeks I've, I, I've, had, I've had that one player and I've said oh if he just did this or if I had just gotten this so I mean it's, it's, it's a fun thing it's uh, definitely fun to track all the games and, of course, with, with programs like NFL Red Zone to, to be able to watch all the action. And, um, you know, good opportunity to, to maybe pick up some cash. So I'm definitely having a lot of fun with it. And uh, I hope to, to be a little bit more successful, however, as the season progresses. Yeah, I mean, so much of the thing about FanDuel is just to keep surrounding yourself with as much information as possible, sticking to your preparation plan. Don't be impulsive or anything in terms of just selecting guys. You are going to want to use as many different sources as you can. Uh, this podcast included to guide some of those decisions that you might be on the fence of. I think uh, the information is power in just about anything. That certainly applies on FanDuel. Uh, if you had success in week two, tell me about it. Give me some tips. If you want to extend your own offers to me, you can find me on Twitter at Wolfman Tweets and let me know how you did. And if you're just... Starting up with FanDuel, you can always go to FanDuel.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and if you just want to get started, use the, roto, use the code uh, RWDFS to sign up now. It's just, it's just a special offer that we're extending for new users right now. For every dollar that you deposit on FanDuel, uh, FanDuel will match it with up to 200 bucks that gets earned as you play. It's a bonus of up to $200. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code RWDFS today. That's Again, that's RWDFS. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today. All right, Chris, we're going to go back and talk about some of these stack options uh, that we like for Tuesday. I think the one that you seem to be the highest on is Red so the Red Sox against Matt Moore, who uh, might be a little bit perverse to go against him, given that he had one of his best outings of the season his last time out. Yeah, he did. But, you know, in, in looking at that start, uh, we, have to, we have to consider the fact that he really had a lot going for him. Uh, He's facing the Orioles at home. The Orioles, they're, they're, uh, they're bad against lefties. They're bad on the road. So um, he, he, really, he, really, he really was great. He uh, Seven innings, nine Ks, no runs, two hits. But you look at all the starts before that, and the fact is uh, his high watermark was five in every other start he's made this season. Um if you look at his, if you dig a little deeper, you look at his XFIP is over five from both sides of the platoon. Um, but now he's also headed into Fenway, which is a park that's conducive to righty power. Uh, the Red Sox have, have some righties in there that could definitely uh, make more forget about that great outing and, and go back to uh, 
to the mediocrity that he's been he's been used to this season. And as far as spotlighting some of those Red Sox batters that you're going to be keen on, uh, is it just as simple as going with the guys that are you know right-handed against somebody like Matt Moore, or are you generally comfortable using some of those lefty bats as well? Well, you could use some of the lefty bats as well. I generally like to go lefty righty because we know we know for a fact that in general uh, lefties have a worse time with lefties. So I would generally like to to, to go with righties if I could. But you know you can you could stick a David Ortiz there if if it's your fancy, especially if uh, he could get an. Uh, a nice chance for an RBI total being sandwiched around maybe a lot of base runners. And uh, obviously he's got the chance to put it out of the ballpark. If that happens, we get a nice point total. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that anyone is a bad pick against Moore here because uh, I mentioned he struggled against both sides of the platoon. I would kind of just roll with this. And uh, if you're looking for a full stack option today, or tomorrow rather, this might be the direction I go. And because of the expanded rosters, you have to think that the Red Sox are also going to optimize their lineup to a certain extent with as many righties as they can. Um, also, they'll probably feel comfortable using guys like Ortiz who have proven that they can hit same-handed pitching as well. So I don't think you're going to be, it's going to be the case where you are going to see a lot of guys that historically struggle against lefties in that lineup. So uh, look for the Red Sox to really put uh, their best nine out there against Matt Moore. Um, and with that in mind, I think that there's another stack that I might even like even more than the Red Sox. I definitely agree with what you're saying there against somebody like Matt Moore, who's been a little bit volatile uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery. But even more volatile than him this season has really been uh, Chris Tillman. He's just uh, been totally bad from the get-go. Did have a stretch in late July uh, where he was at least semi-reliable. But ever since then, it's just been downhill again for him. And he's going to face the Nationals now. And I know that the Nationals have generally qualified as a disappointment this season, but Really what they've done since getting some of those healthy bats back in the lineup has been pretty pretty impressive, uh, ranking in top five in Woba here in September. And I think that they're going to continue to pile up the hits against Tillman. He's surrendered three or more runs in, each, in seven of his last eight starts. Right-handed hitters typically slug a little bit more than Tillman, but I think, uh, like the Red Sox will probably do, the Nationals will also optimize their lineup to a certain extent as best that they can. And I think that Generally, the guys that are going to be batting one through seven in this order are probably going to be players that are worthwhile to employ in some of your stacks. Yeah, as you said, Tillman kind of an enigma had had a really had a nice stretch, and now I mean he, he's he's been worse than mediocre late. If you if you look at if you dig into some of the advanced statistics, exit over four and a half from both sides. As you said, he's been more homer prone versus righties, uh, been been a bit more uh, walk prone versus lefties. So. Another another guy where it's it's funny because sometimes when we try to stack and we try to full stack, as you said, this is your favorite. Um, when we try to full stack, we could we would think, well, I don't know if I could full stack because sometimes it's righty lefty righty lefty. But in this case, it might not matter if we get a few righties in there because it looks like it could just be a deluge from uh, pitch one. Yeah, he's either going to give up a lot of home runs or put a lot of guys on base with walks, as you mentioned. So uh, I just I just think about the talent at this Nationals roster. I still believe in it, even though uh, obviously they didn't reach uh, the heights that a lot of people projected for them this season. But I still think that down here in September, they are going to be one of those dominant lineups that you can take advantage of most nights. And against somebody like Tillman, who doesn't uh, strike out an overwhelming amount of batters, there's going to be a lot of balls in play. And he helps guys out by walking them as well. So I just see the Nationals being all over the base pass uh, throughout the evening. And I think the same could be made uh, for, for the, for the uh, 
the Mariners against Jeremy Guthrie, who is a guy that you like. Jeremy Guthrie has really been one of the worst starting pitchers in all of baseball, uh, kind of like Kyle Loesch, like we were talking about earlier, just a guy that puts a lot of runners on base and doesn't do a lot to help out his defense too much. And I think against a team like the Mariners, who have those bats that can counter Guthrie, it's going to be really tough for him to deliver a good outing. And that means some of those Mariners bats are going to be the guys that you want to target. Yeah, uh, Guthrie is a guy who was uh, finally removed from the rotation, but moved to the bullpen. He's coming back now because Danny Duffy has struggled. And uh, this could be, this is one of the opportunities. You know, we always talk about it. Whenever you see a guy, a, a, a weak antelope, as, uh, as we can call it, you go for him. Uh, Guthrie, this season overall, ERA of, of 5.55. I mean, we could, you can dig into the peripherals if you want, but right there is is kind of all you need to know. Uh, home run rate, uh, 1.6. Uh, very low strikeout rate, very low walk rate. So a lot of balls going to be uh, put in play. And with the home run rate, we know lots of balls can be put in play for big damage. So whether we're going lefty, righty here, um, this is another one where I think we can just jump on uh, the power bats in the in the Mariners lineup and uh, expect them to take us home with a nice uh, point total. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And I think that even though we're not necessarily playing this game in a pitcher's paradise there, or a hitter's paradise, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for the, the Mariners to strike here just because of some of the bats that they can throw out there with lefties like Kyle Seeger, uh, power bats obviously like Nelson Cruz, who I imagine would have a lot of success against somebody like Guthrie. Uh, there's just a lot to like about this Mariners lineup in this particular matchup, and I do think that we are going to see uh, a lot of runs produced, really. Yeah, and uh, as we said, I mean that's what we look for. We, I mean, we could either we could either dig through, we could either dig through um, uh, peripherals, or we could just take the straightforward. And when we find the straightforward. I always like to go with it. I mean, does that mean that Guthrie can't have a good game? Well, no, of course not. But I would consider it very unlikely. Just considering, I mean, even if you wanted to say that he's he's a starting pitcher, he hasn't started in a while now. Uh, he wasn't good when he was starting. And I just don't see anything redeeming in that skill set where I would say, well, this guy could surprise you. Brewers are going to be doing a similar thing uh, like the Royals are doing with Jeremy Guthrie. One of the guys that they sent out of the rotation a while back, Kyle Loesch, going to hop back in uh, like, like we hinted at earlier in the podcast. But the thing is, uh, Kyle Loesch has really been one of the worst everyday starters in all of baseball this season. He's not expected to work deep in this game because he has been removed from a starting role for so long. So it's more than likely going to develop into a, ba uh, a bullpen game uh, for the Brewers against the Cubs. We mentioned Jake Arrieta on the other side of the mound. We like him just because of the, the poor pitching matchup that the Brewers are going to be tossing out there. But that also works in the favor of the Cubs hitters, who you have to think are going to uh, put up a pretty hefty run total against Loesch in the bullpen just because of the quality of pitchers that uh, they're likely to face today, which is to say not very high. Uh, but at the same time, there are some things that you always have to keep in mind with the Cubs. Uh, by by far, the nation, uh, the the teams, the league's most strikeout prone team this season, uh, especially with some of those guys that you look at over 28% strikeout rate right now for the season. Chris Bryant, Jorge Soler, Kyle Schwarber, Addison Russell, and Javier Baez all fit into that category. So because of those high strikeout prone guys, I think you don't necessarily want to go just a straight stack with one through five in the lineup. 
because if you strike out on FanDuel, that's going to cost you because FanDuel rewards you for getting on base. You lose points for every out you make. So you really want to go with uh, the high OBP guys rather than some of those guys that are more likely to strike out. I wouldn't stay away from all of them entirely, but I think if I were to structure my lineup around somebody, I'd probably only want maybe Bryant just because you know, he has the handedness working in his favor. Maybe Kyle Schwarber is somebody that I'd think about as well, but I probably wouldn't go with any more than two of those five guys that I mentioned. Really, the, the two Cubs that I'm looking to build my lineup around are Anthony Rizzo and Chris Coughlin, both lefty versus righty matchups that I think will work in, work in their favor against Kyle Loesch. Dexter Fowler at the top of the order, switch hitter is somebody that I'd also consider. And then one or two of those power bats that I mentioned as well, but uh, don't want to necessarily go full chalk with this Cubs lineup, but I think if you pick and choose the right guys based on the matchups, uh, it's going to be uh, pretty fruitful for you on FanDuel. Yeah, it's it would be a, a, a true boomer bust stack, I think. I mean, these guys can can really, but that boom would, would really be a, be a big one. I mean, if, if you did choose to take, take the, the four, uh, players there, I mean, it's, it's not as though, I mean, as we said, Loesch is not going to strike out many batters. He's a little bit better striking out lefties, but, um, righties under six per nine. Um, he doesn't walk anybody. So the balls are going to be in play. He, he gives up a ton of home runs to both sides of the platoon. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think what I might do here is is play it small, play some small tournaments, and 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 load up and see uh, see if I can capitalize on on the risk reward uh, ratio there because it really does seem like the, all the power in this lineup and the lack of strikeouts for Loge could could spell big trouble very shortly. Yeah, and Fanduel does run you know tournaments based on what time these games are. So if you were uh, liking Chris's recommendation on the Mariners and wanted to do like a West Coast slate, that's maybe a lineup that you consider for that one, whereas the Cubs are somebody or are the type of lineup that you think if you're doing more of an earlier slate. So that's always just something to keep in mind is, do I necessarily want to do the, the full slate or can I divvy this up in a way that makes sense where I can take advantage of some of those values that other guys might not be able to identify? Uh, sometimes when you play a more scaled back slate, that allows you to, to take advantage of those lesser owned guys just because you might be higher on somebody on a condensed slack, uh, condensed slate uh, rather than a full slate where everybody might go somebody like Arietta or John Lackey. Uh, if you, if you just, you know, peel it back a little bit, there's always some opportunity for profit there. Oh yeah. And um, I, I myself enjoy um, the more uh, condensed slates. I, I, I enjoy um, the smaller amount of games because I, I just think, that you get more time to, to focus on each game. I mean, if, if you do a full slate on a given day, um, that's, what, 15 games? And it's, it's very hard to, to look at each game individually. But if we're going for one of those uh, uh, earlier late slates, as you said, we can really focus and put our time in and, and maybe find the value that others might miss. Yeah, so that's just something to keep in mind as you listen to these recommendations that we have just to see what format works best for you given your own time constraints and given uh, the recommendations that you like. So always uh, just trying to pass along any tools that we can to aid your success. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. Podcast is available on iTunes or Stitcher for your downloading convenience, so be sure to give us a rating, review, and don't forget to subscribe. And best of luck on your daily contests. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware folks.
At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.